Uh, keep the main thing the main thing. Keep executing. Uh, the game is not ever, ever over until it's uh, double zeros, which we see up there. So we just kept fighting, kept getting defensive stops, made some shots. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, this is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. In 20 minutes, we dive into the National League MVP conversation. Did AL MVP earlier. You can always rewind on your Odyssey app to catch anything in the last 72 hours or download it as a podcast later. Just search BetQL Daily wherever you get your podcast. Chris Mack alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here on BetQL Daily. Just heard LeBron talking about a massive comeback for the Lakers last night in L.A., a air quote road game against the Clippers. LeBron, 19 points on 7-12 to from the field in the fourth quarter including five from the arc, uh, beyond the arc, and they complete that huge comeback from 21 down uh, early in the fourth quarter to beat the Clippers. We talked about it earlier, guys. He said maybe it doesn't tell you as much about the Lakers as it does about the Clippers here to join us to talk about all that. Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Warriors, and everything going on in the NBA from stadium and MSG. And inside the green room with Danny Green, which drops twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yes, today's a Thursday, so go find it uh, with three-time NBA champion Danny Green. Harrison Sanford with us now here on BetQL Daily. Harrison, good morning, and let's let's start there. Let's start with L.A., Lakers, Clippers, and what you take away from last night. Well, LeBron is just incredible. That's point one. What he did last night was truly amazing, and I continue to be amazed by what he does on a daily basis. Uh, with that being said, it did make me feel as if the Lakers – uh, I actually have had this thought ever since the season pretty much started. The Lakers are going to have moments in the regular season where they're just not going to look good. This is what happens when you rely on a player of LeBron James' age. But when you get to the playoffs, it is going to be very difficult, extremely difficult for any team to build a game plan that can stop the combination of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The laws that they go through in the regular season are just basically to be expected. But when they get to that postseason, particularly with certain matchups, like let's say the Oklahoma City Thunder, I would be very, very optimistic about the Lakers' chances of pushing forward in the playoffs. LeBron James and Anthony Davis might just be still the best combination, best duo in the NBA. Yes, they don't have the best team, but that combination between those two guys is still very much lethal, and they proved it last night. Harrison, I thought last night was uh, just as much about the Clippers, which is interesting. The, mm. the fourth quarter collapse that we saw they're the third favorite to win the title. They're right there. It's neck and neck. Denver plus 450. Clippers plus 475. Are you buying this version of the Clips? I'm buying the Clippers, and I know yesterday was very disheartening if you're a Clippers fan, but you have to recognize they also were playing basically a road game. That was not a home game by any means if you right. listen to the, the crowd there at Crypto.com Arena. And you also have to factor in Paul George did not play as well. Uh, so those are two factors that can't be ignored. But when you look at this team in its entirety, they have an NBA Finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard who's played at very high peaks uh, so far this season. And Paul George and James Harden, you're asking them to be second and third fiddle, particularly James Harden now has to be the third fiddle. And I think it's a position for him that's really going to benefit him towards the playoffs. And one of the reasons why I also like the Clippers as well, guys, I don't like to say it, but let's keep it real. Sometimes it is about the moolah. It is about the cash. And... Paul George is eligible for an extension. James Harden mm -hmm. wants a new contract. This is ball out season if you want to get paid and you know Steve Ballmer wants to pay them. 
So they'll play hard. Hopefully in the playoffs, they'll be available, which is always the key with the Clippers. And if they're available, you're talking about three stars. You're talking about a quality bench, a championship head coach. And what I really like about this team too, they have three different centers that they could throw at Nikola Jokic and Rudy Gobert, whether it be Zubak, whether it be Plumlee, whether it be Daniel Tice, the variation that they have with those three players. The ability to have uh, six fouls between those guys can really help them in a matchup against one of the bigger teams in the Western Conference. Let's look at tonight's NBA card. The Heat looking to finish off a long road trip with another W against the Nuggets. It's going to be tough to beat the Nuggets in Denver. They are four and a half point underdogs. What do you like in this matchup? What I usually like with the Denver Nuggets, and I'm definitely betting it tonight, is Denver Nuggets first quarter. And they're only laying a point and a half on bet MGM. But this is the best team in the NBA at home when it comes to first quarter scoring margin. On the season, they're plus four and a half or plus 4.7 on the season. And me, and if you look at it right now, it's on, they're only laying one and a half. I expect them to cover. You also have to figure off the factor in as well. This is the last game of a four-game road trip for the Miami Heat since the All-Star break started. You factor in the atmosphere or the altitude rather yet, how the Nuggets play. I think, and obviously it, we would all believe that they're the better team. I'll lay the one and a half with the Denver Nuggets in the first quarter. And I also like Bam Adebayo to go over 18 and a half points. If you go back to last year's NBA Finals, he scored at least 20 points in every single game of those NBA Finals. He becomes pretty much the primary score for them at times when they play the Nuggets because Aaron Gordon is so rugged and so physical. And he's one of the guys that could look Jimmy Butler in the eye and say, I can guard you. And I could be as physical with you, if not more physical. It really relies on Bam Adebayo to be more of a scoring presence. So I expect him to go over 18 and a half. Harrison Sanford from Stadium and MSG Networks with us here on BetQL Daily and now an Odyssey teammate as well as he's got Inside the Green Room with Danny Green twice every week inside your Odyssey app, including a new episode dropping today. Follow him on Twitter at Harrison Sanford. Let's talk Warriors and Knicks. I'd hate to think this game would get played without Jalen Brunson. I'm not sure what his availability is for tonight. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he's in there. We got a hot Golden State Warriors team. We were just talking about them a few minutes ago, Harrison. Uh, maybe even looking at some futures on this team because they've been there. They've done that. We've got a Knicks team that I think just wants to be healthy. Um, what's your look at tonight specifically? <laughs> oh, man, I wish the Knicks would be healthy, man. We can't have <laughs> nothing nice. There was so many highs earlier in January once they got OG Ananobi, and it hasn't been ideal since then. Their ATS record is not pretty. Uh, with that being said, I'll take the under in this game. The under is actually a combined 8-0 between these two teams uh, recently. And I do expect Jalen Brunson to be back. I think part of the reason why he did not play in that last game against the New Orleans Pelicans because it was a back-to-back. -back. He was questionable going to the game. I think he suits up tonight. And with him suiting up is really why I like the under. He plays at a very deliberate, slow pace. In fact, the New York Knicks are last in pace in the NBA. And then if you look at the Golden State Warriors, who's back in the rotation for them? Chris Paul, we know that he loves to operate at a slow pace as well. So you got two guys who are really going to have a lot of ball handling responsibilities, particularly CP3 when Steph Curry's off the bench. And I think you're going to get an under uh, in this matchup because of that deliberate and slow pace. I also like the under on Jonathan Kaminga. He's going under his number 16 and a half in five of his last seven games. And if you look at the New York Knicks, they don't guard the three well. 35% of the points that they allow come from the three-point line, but they're top 10 in points in the paint defense. J 
Jonathan Kaminga is 0 from three from the three-point line in his last three games. He just doesn't shoot from the perimeter. He's going to have to score on the inside, and that's what the Knicks are very good at defending. So I'll take the under on Kaminga, uh, which is at 16 and a half. Again, he's going under that five of last seven, and I'll take the under in the game overall. But I will say this, though. I will say this. I would bet the under in the game, too, after Steph Curry goes to the bench, when Chris Paul comes on, because then you'll have a very deliberate pace. You might be able to get uh, the, a better live number at the end of the first quarter when Curry sits than you might get pregame. Harrison, let's talk MVP. It's a three-player race at this point. Jokic, your odds-on favorite, minus 140 over at BetMGM. SGA, second favorite. And there's Luka. It's happening again. He's sucking me in, even though I've said I'm not betting on Luka for MVP anymore. I'm not going to do it. There's never good value, and it just doesn't come through in the end. He's sitting there at plus 450. He scores 30 last night, missing seven of eight three-point attempts. Another triple-double for him. Uh, what do you think in the MVP market? Anything enticing? Well, obviously, nobody wants to sit around and wait to cash out that Nikola Jokic ticket. So might as well have some fun and sprinkle on some other options, right? Uh, and I'm sprinkling on Luka Doncic, and I have no problems with it at all. The guy leads the NBA in scoring. He leads the NBA in minutes per game. And he also leads the NBA in usage. If you want to talk about the word valuable, I don't understand any other player who's more valuable than Luka Doncic. If this team messes around and gets a top six seed, it's going to be really hard to not uh, really consider him uh, for MVP. And I know Shea Gilgis-Alexander is getting a lot of traction, and rightfully so, but I don't think they finish with that number one seed. And it's his first time, his first foray into the MVP conversation. I think because of those factors, he'll come a close second or maybe third, but I don't think he ends up winning it uh, because of those factors. It's either going to be Jokic for me or it's going to be Doncic who makes a late run at the end. And that Mavericks team with the P.J. Washington trade, with the Daniel Gafford trade, are a lot better team than they were uh, earlier in this season. And I could definitely see them in the top six, which I think gives Luka a very good chance of being MVP. Good to see Luka finally in the MVP conversation, putting it all together. What about coach of the year, Harrison? Any thoughts in that market? Yeah, so for coach of the year right now, Mark Dagnall from OKC is the favorite. And I could definitely understand why he should be. Uh, you have a very young team. You're relying on a rookie in Chet Holmgren. You're relying on a second-year player like Jalen Williams. And you're, not, you're either one or the two seed in the Western Conference. I think he's going to win it hands down. You move, you have that type of youth and have them at this type of record. It is undeniable, in my opinion, that he's coach of the year. But I will say this, I think you get a better price on it, because right now I think it's minus 140, minus 150. Uh, I think you get a better price on it at the end of the Minnesota Timberwolves seven-game homestand, which I believe is going to be March 5th. Uh, they started the second half of the season with the seven straight home games. By that point, the Minnesota Timberwolves will probably have uh, a better record, maybe by maybe two games, maybe even three games, potentially, over the OKC Thunder. When that, road, when that homestand ends, that's probably the best time to fire on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think Dagnall gets it regardless of where they finish, either one or two. It's just too much of a quality performance by such a young team. Meanwhile, Chris Finch with the Minnesota Timberwolves, while he's deserves some recognition, that's a very uh, – they have some veterans on that team. Rudy Gobert is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Mike Conley is a veteran. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is an all-star. Anthony Edwards is an all-star. He hasn't had to elevate his players as much, in my opinion, as, as opposed to what Mark Dagnall has had to do with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Harrison Sanford with us here on BetQL Daily. Catch him on Stadium and MSG, as well as Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. 
uh, twice every week inside your Odyssey app, including today, a new episode is dropping as well. Let me keep it on Minnesota for just a second, Harrison, because sure. you mentioned Finch having more talent. Um, OKC, the younger, less experienced team. Um, and maybe we lump Denver in here as well. We mentioned the Clippers earlier. Just handicap the top of the Western Conference for me uh, because it feels like you mentioned the, the run that the T-Wolves have been on and talent there. The one seed should be theirs for the taking. But then every time we start to doubt the Nuggets for even a split second, like we, we questioned them yesterday here on the show. You know, they'd lost the first three to Sacramento, and they just absolutely stomped the Kings last night after the first quarter. Um, they pop up and, and remind us that, well, they're the reigning champs. So how do you handicap the top half of that Western Conference in the race for the one seed? Uh yeah, well, as it, as it pertains to the one seed, I think the Timberwolves are going to get it. I think they're just too talented on both sides of the floor, uh, particularly with this seven-game homestand that they've had as well to start the second half of the season. I think they lock up the number one seed, and actually I think they're probably the best team in the Western Conference to give the Denver Nuggets a challenge in the playoffs because of Gobert, because of Jaden McDaniels on the perimeter being able to guard a Jamal Murray, because of the bench talent that they have in a Nas Reed. Remember, Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed did not play last year in the playoffs for separate injuries, and they just, they definitely gave the Nuggets a challenge and probably gave them the best challenge in the playoffs last year. Uh, so with that being said, I like the Timberwolves as the number one seed. I still think OKC gets the number two. And I think uh, the Nuggets end up with number three and the Clippers end up with number four. But I think OKC is a team that is ripe for an upset once the playoffs hit. They are bottom third. I think they're actually 29th in rebounding rate. They mess around and see a team like the Lakers, uh, they might be out of luck uh, because you're going to have to rebound the ball, particularly in the playoffs when the possessions of the game uh, dwindle down and the pace slows down as well. You know, the West is fascinating. We can make a case for a number of teams, even those in the play-in. Like, okay, if they get in, right path, look at this matchup, they could make a run. In the East, it's hard to do that. Like, it's pretty limited in the teams that can come mm. out of that conference. Just overall, how do you look at it? Yeah, I'm not placing any futures in the Eastern Conference because it's so topsy-turvy, and there's so many different variables that are at play. If the New York Knicks get back Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, and Mitchell Robinson, that's probably the deepest team in the league. They might not have the highest of star power, but that's a legit 9 to 10 quality NBA players who could play both sides of the ball on that roster. How about the Philadelphia 76ers? If they get Joel Embiid back, a guy who was able to drop 70 points on Victor Webinyama, uh, yeah, you got to be worried about the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, I've made this mistake before, and I'm not going to make it again. The Miami Heat are coming. They are, and they are balling right now. Bam out of bios playing at a high level. Jaime Hawkins Jr. is absolutely looking like a perfect fit in that heat culture and just wait for Terry Rozier to really get his uh, wings up under him being under Eric Spolstra. So they are a threat as well. And obviously you look at the Boston Celtics, they should be the favorite. Their top six is absolutely dangerous. But after the top six, there is some concern. And when it comes to their flat out game plan, it's a concern. They're so reliant upon the three point shot. Will they have the same boldness? Will they have the same accuracy with those three-point shots, particularly in clutch moments? It's a question that we can only be solved by the games being played. So there's always going to be a level of curiosity and um, uh, not full belief in the Boston Celtics until they actually get the job done. So the East is live for the taking. It really depends on health and matchups, in my opinion. Harrison Sanford of Stadium and MSG. Great stuff, man. We look forward to catching up with you again down the stretch. And once the playoffs get going, check out Inside the Green Room with three-time NBA champ Danny Green and Harrison twice every week, including a new episode today inside your Odyssey app 
on Twitter, at Harrison Sanford as well. Coming up next, we dive back into the MVP markets, National League specifically, before we get to lightning bets to wrap things up here on BetQL Daily. How is that guy's price not even lower than it already is for the possibility of a back-to-back NL MVP? Ronald Acuna uh, with a huge year last year. We talked AL MVP earlier. You can rewind or download as a podcast inside your Odyssey app, BetQL Daily, to check out that conversation. National League MVP in just a moment. Lightning bets later as well as we are live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network wherever you may be in the world on that Odyssey app. And of course on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash BetQL or YouTube, just search Odyssey Sports. And once a day, be sure to play the BetMGM free-to-play BetMGM fast break game for a chance to win daily prizes. You're the point guard. You can pass to Kevin Garnett, dish to Jalen Rose, or take it in yourself for a slam dunk. You score, you get a prize. It's free-to-play inside your BetMGM app, account holders, with an opportunity every single day to win a reward if you score in our BetMGM fast break game. Um, NL MVP, Joe, why isn't the price even lower on Acuna? It's uh, 5 to 1, 450 in spots. It, it would be the first time in a long time we've had back to back MVP. But Acuna, to me, a guy who's had a, basically a career 40 40 pace or right around there. Seems like he's there's I have very little reason, I guess, to suspect he falls off. Um, Yeah, there's not a ton of value there, I guess. But man, he just he looks the part. He plays the part and he's on the team that may have the best record in the National League again this year. Yeah, even going into last year, um, he was a second favorite at nine to one. It did feel like it was his time. And then it just. It was unbelievable. There was no debate the entire second half of the season. It was done earlier in the AL. That's what was really sucked about the awards last year. The the two big ones that everyone talks about is AL and NL MVP, and both were decided so early in the season, there wasn't even a conversation to be had. That's because he had over 40 homers and had 73 stolen bases. Like, what? The stolen bases are not going to stop. So crazy. your point is fair. Like, why isn't it a shorter number? Well, the answer is Shohei Otani. Even though he's not going to pitch, just the presence of Otani and how many times is he just – he's just going to keep hitting 40 homers as long as he's healthy. Mm-hmm. If he's playing every day and he can focus on that entirely, like he's going to be a real threat. That's the big question. So in the AL converse, it's funny how Otani dictates so much. In the AL, it's like, okay, is it more wide open now because he's out of the league? And in the NL – some of these numbers are up a little bit, we think, because of the presence of Otani, even though he's not going to pitch. But I also would say, okay, is this going to be the last time in a long time where you can find value elsewhere and you don't have to worry about Otani because the voters know that they're going to give Otani more MVPs and it's going to be a fair argument because war-wise, you know, just value-wise, he brings so much to the table pitching every week and playing and hitting all these homers might be one of the last times where they really just can avoid voting on Otani. So maybe we find something else. Um, yeah, like in recent years, you've been able to find some good numbers on winners. Uh, Goldschmidt a couple of years ago was 66 to one to win the MVP. I mentioned earlier, Harper going into the last couple months of the season, he was around 50 to one. Uh, you can find some value. I just wonder going forward if that's going to continue to 
be the case now that Otani's there, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I just tried to look at someone other than Otani, but I think, mm -hmm. you know, what you and Jake have said about waiting uh, for some time in the season for a better number, the guy I looked at was a little further down the board. I don't love the value. He had 25 homers, 54 stolen bases, finished fifth in the MVP voting. Uh, he won Rookie of the Year last season talking about Corbin Carroll. There's also a history yeah. of players winning rookie of the year and then going on to win MVP. So I thought at 22 to one, Corbin Carroll is a good look. I couldn't get there with betting the Diamondbacks to win the World Series, um, but I think Corbin Carroll for MVP is a good look. I absolutely love that. That was the one I locked in on as well. That's farther down the board. I mean, this guy could have... I, Look, not many people are going to put up the kind of individual numbers, the the 40 and 70 that Acuna put up last year. Carroll could put up 30 and 50 this year. He could put up 30 and 60, the number that we just heard in that clip that Acuna had before sure. Labor Day. Um, and you're right. There's that precedent of going rookie of the year MVP, being on a young upstart team. If the Diamondbacks pay off on that again and they go from being the team that nobody expects anything of, Aside from Jake, I'll give you your flowers, uh, to being the team that a lot of people expect something from in the postseason, then yeah, Corbin Carroll's the dude. 20 to 1, most spots. You mentioned the 22 to 1 that's also on the board. If I'm looking for value farther down the board, Carroll is great. I think I think there's there's still value on Otani. If you can find it's close to 10 to 1 in a couple of spots, 9 to 1. Um, so I think there's value there if you believe that that. He's going to move over from the AL and instantly become the guy in the National League and that people aren't going to use the lack of pitching as an excuse. Um, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily hate that. I am. I'm all over Acuna again. If you're asking me to pick the MVP, if you don't like the value, I understand that. Jake hates the Otani bet. I know that. Why, Jakob? Because, like, Joe's point is they don't want to give it to him. They're going to find an excuse not to. We we saw Otani fatigue last year. There was a big push for Corey Seager at the end of the year. Like, we've already seen people are starting to get sick of Otani and him just getting it every year. So if he's not going to be pitching and he's just going to be some guy DHing for the Dodgers, they're going to say, all right, great. Here we go. Like, the, an opportunity. Just some guy ripping 40 yeah. homers at Chavez Ravine. Yeah. No big deal. He'll yeah. just be some guy. He'll just guy. be any regular dh can't okay what would he would have to do so much more than everyone else to win it this year he'd have to set the record what if he hits right? 50 what if he hits 50 if he hits judge year yeah, no one have a historic year if he hits 50 I mean, homers he would have to hit hmm. 50 and everybody else would have to be so pedestrian well olsen hit 50 he didn't win it yeah yeah but also acuna made history yeah, right. So it's just like if Otani hits fifty, okay, great, cool, good for him. But it's gonna be there's gonna be trying to make excuses for great, to not give him you, the award this year. Runs. <laughs> because well, because he's gonna runs. be the favorite next year. Like we know he's gonna be cool the favorite story, next year. Bro. So see, I, and I understand the logic. I do. I understand the logic you and Joe are presenting. Of people know he's not pitching this year, and he's gonna win so many in the future. We don't want to give it to him in a year that he's not pitching, and he's not the the you know dual threat that he's going to be the rest of his career. But like 
if the Dodgers all of a sudden, and look, the Dodgers probably a hundred win team again, but let's say somehow they they beat the, the the totals, right? Let's say the Dodgers win a hundred and five, a hundred and ten. It's just a massive year. Well, that's great. I I could vote for Betts or Freeman or make an argument for Betts or Freeman or anybody else. It's been. Uh, I'm gonna look at it and say, what's what was added to the mix? It was Otani and his mythical 50 home run season that we're talking about now. I know that's a lot of hypotheticals. I just look at it as unicorn comes on to best roster in league or, you know, one B roster in, in major league baseball, they win 105 games and he's looked at as the new thing added to the mix. I could see that garnering him some votes, even if you do account for the, we don't want this guy to win MVP or be in the discussion every year logic that you guys are presenting. Through this conversation, I think we are finding something out about the National League. And tell me if you guys agree. So me and Jake are putting a line through Otani. I mean, we're just not going to bet it at this number anyways, because he's he's got more coming. Um, can a Dodger win it? Can you say yes. there is a Dodger more valuable than Otani? So you would bet on a Dodger? You think that could? I wouldn't happen? bet any. I wouldn't bet any of these guys at this price because I famously sure. don't like to go to the top of the board. But bets can absolutely win. They want a, okay. a same thing as last. Remember how down to the wire it went last year? Remember how much we were we had people banging the but, drum for bets. But he wasn't going against Otani. But he wasn't right. going against Otani. Right. So and he's not going to be this my, year either. My point is, I think there will be voters that say, "Well, the, he's not. Otani's his teammate." He's not more valuable than Otani, so they might not right. give it to another Dodger. There's another one that's up there in the top five in odds that I'm also willing to cross off in the Bregman category. I don't think these voters are going to vote for Tatis, no matter what. No. Oh, I disagree not. with that. What You think they would? I think Tatis is a cheater. Alive. Wow. But I think for different reasons. Like, that was so ambiguous and weird. Like, there's a difference between – what Tatis did and if you believe him or not, but as opposed to the Astro scandal where it's yeah, a whole system, like I think there's a difference. I think voters would be more willing to vote for Tatis. And I think Tatis versus like, when you talk about Bregman, the ceiling of what Tatis is capable of is way higher than anything Bregman's ever done. And I mean, we I understand, saw part but of what we were saying year. was part of the reason is that, once you have yeah, that, that, I label. think people would be well, more I, willing to vote for Tatis than Bregman. See, okay. uh, you're very smart, Jake, to always bring the voters into the conversation here. If Thank there's you. one thing baseball voters hate, yeah, I'm going to, this is what we call the compliment sandwich here. Um, here we go. If there's, if, there's, <laughs> if there's one thing baseball voters absolutely hate more than anything, it's even the, is that a faint whiff of cheating? Th there's no way. These guys are voting for Tatis. No way. The Padres could win 95 games and like steal the division somehow. I still don't see the path for Tatis because these, the people that vote for MVP are not going to cheater. He's forever labeled. He's got cheater tattooed across his forehead. They won't do it. I, I just, I can't see it. So that, that voter portion of, the handicap, I, I can't take away from the Tatis conversation. Is there anybody else farther so, down the board, Aaron, that, that like, because other than Carroll, I have a hard time. Like you mentioned Olsen, Joe, 
Trey Turner. I mean, that's I've got yeah. that's the that's actually the other one. So like for me oh. in my process, I'm eliminating Dodgers. Um, Acuna repeat. I'm not going to bet on it. It could happen, of course. Uh, I, I'm eliminating Tatis. You guys mentioned Carol. I'm on board with that one too. That is one that I've highlighted, and the other one is Turner. He's Way probably going to be the yeah the the more the most valuable Philly. And of the players playing out, out east, I mean, who who else is there? There's a, the Braves and all the Braves, and uh, and I think Trey Turner, man, like he's established and his value. Um, a lot of uh, projection systems have him top three, top four in WAR. Like, yeah, it it could be his year. I will not stand for Cabrian Hayes uh, <laughs> blasphemy here, Hawk. <laughs> Who's what? I would... What's his number? He's listed. He's listed. A two hundred. Yeah, there was a two hundred out there. There we go. Yeah. Show back. Talk about I will say. I, yeah. I'm not saying go he's ahead. gonna win. Oh, here we go. He's had a real. Hey, he's go. had a really uh, good spring. He's had a really good. Like, yeah. His his exit yeah. velocity. His swing. Everything looks. His deck. Four, has four games in. Really. I'm just. I'm not gonna bet it. But I'm not. He might. You are not breaking. You are not breaking down Cabrian Hayes' spring training stat You want to make that bet, brother? You want to make that bet, brother? What is wrong with Is EV50? Yeah, we don't got enough time for that. Years before it was even a stat. This is his breakout year. I think it's going to happen I actually think he can bet all Yes. Can you bet on that? It would... It would figure would. the year they stole the the year they fired his his personal hitting coach because they didn't like the fact that, that the double A hitting coach had a connection with their future all star third baseman. You big dummies! Um, I'm very mad at <laughs> Pittsburgh organizations this morning. I'm sorry. I'm taking it out on everybody. Um, but yeah, it would figure that this this would be the year for Cabrian Hayes. What is it again? Like two hundred. Two hundred to one. Two hundred. Like talking about wasting valuable <laughs> okay. air time I, yeah i will actually say I, I, i'll say an actual one ellie de la cruz at 100 to 1 is something that i looked at That's like if spicy. he takes a step and he's a little bit more consistent he's a guy that could have an acuna year and hit 40 home runs and steal 70 bases and if the reds win that division it all the yeah. credit's going to go to him especially novato he's going to be the new face of that team people are going to want to vote for him you have to make this bet, Joe. You have to. No. It's the Hornets <laughs> at home. You have to make this bet. Oh, man. What about Jazz? I'm waiting for uh, Jake to bring up Jazz at 75 to 1. Yeah, it would be great to play Jazz if he played more than 70 games a year. I'm so I done with that not. guy. Hey, man. There's some some of these numbers. Like Nico Horner, he was like basically top 15 in war and projections. I'm like, really? What is going on? Yeah. Yeah, some no. bad math. Stay, that's yeah. all defense. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. St- I, I like the guys in the 20s. I think we realize that's the range for NL. Probably, yeah. Lightning bets coming up next right here on BetQL Daily. I mean, if we really want to value hunt, guys, Jack Sawinski's 250 to 1. I mean, come on. We want to value hunt MVP numbers on uh, run leader? Pirates. <laughs> no, on uh, MVP. 250 to as 1. As a Pirate? When's the, when's the last Pirate to win? Uh, McCutcheon in fifth, oh, okay. 16. Yeah. No, Not no, no, that, 14. That? Okay. Before that, it was Bonds in 91 or 92. So, 
Yeah. It's been dark days in these parts, baseball-wise, mm-hmm. for the better part of my, you know, entire adult life. Um, there you go. Yeah, we'll hunt. If you missed our NL MVP conversation, it evolved to the point where we were talking Cabrian Hayes at the end of it. You can always go back and find that by downloading the BetQL Daily Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. AL MVP earlier which also found maybe a little more value at the top of the board. Uh, we talked combine, draft, NFL offseason with Ben Brown. who's a big Michael Penix fan, Sumer Sports and Pinnacle, Ben underscore R underscore Brown on Twitter. And uh, Harrison Sanford a couple minutes ago as well. So it's time for lightning bets. Hawk doing everything she can to ignore that. Joe, what do you got for us? Uh, I think it's... It's obvious what the plays are tonight, especially in the NBA. This is a Hornet show for this one day only. Oh, God. <laughs> one day only. Oh, you no. Have to I can't play believe that. The Hornets at home after getting trounced by the Bucks. You have to. Do we really believe the Bucks are going to go on a four game winning streak? Come on. Play the Hornets well, getting 12. Two of the games are against Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. I, I okay. think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, maybe they get the four-game winning streak. They're not going to cover again. Okay, Charlotte. You have to. Oh, man. It's a must-play. I'm sorry. You I mean, I didn't make to. up the rules. This is what you have to do. This is like I a schoolyard for bully. headlines tomorrow. Forcing me to hand him my oh, lunch money. You have to do it. You have to no, do it. No, this is – listen, Aaron. Like, sometimes you're just preparing content for the next day. You gotta go all in on Charlotte, knowing they're gonna get their ass whooped. <laughs> like, so I can be mad about it to start the show. Content fest. Take the twelve. I'm... Yes, yes. I'm new. Uh, I'll take another dog in the NBA. Give me Miami. They're gonna complete the six-game road trip sweep, which would be phenomenal. Denver. I can't... maybe it's just me, but I feel like they thought it was a big game. They didn't want to go zero and four against Sacramento this year. Uh, they got the job done. They were terrific. But uh, I'm going to play Miami getting five points tonight. I love the Miami play as well. I think you're right. There's conversations like let's just win all of these games on this road trip. We don't care who this Nuggets team is. So I'll be on the heat. It's four and a half still, right? Four and I see half? fives. Plenty of fives. fives. Okay, I'll take fives. plus yeah. five. Uh, but in that same game, someone's going to have to step up and keep this close if they're not going to allow the Heat to win, and that's Jokic triple-double at plus 130. He basically gets a triple-double every night. It will be tough against the Heat, who allow some of the fewest points in the paint in the NBA, but it is Jokic, so uh, I'll be on a Jokic triple-double plus the Heat as dogs is plus five. Uh, what I, is that, man, what is that number these days? What? For plus 130? Oh, it was plus 130. Bad. I was just wondering with a tougher yeah. matchup if the number would be better. I only looked at that MGM. Maybe there's a better number somewhere else, but plus 130, I was fine with it. Yeah, that is I. That is a good number. Um, Sorry, I'm just firming up a couple of NHL bets here, guys, because I know you're waiting on pins and needles for those. Um, oh, man. But let's see. NBA, uh, yeah, I'm going to tail that Miami getting five at Denver. The way they played on this road trip, why not back it? Uh, after talking to Harrison Sanford at the top of this hour, 
and his insights about the Knicks-Warriors game, the pace of play, Brunson, Chris Paul being back in the lineup. Um, I'm going to watch the live number on the total, as he suggested, once Steph Curry checks out and Paul checks in. But I'm also going to just take the Knicks plus four and a half. I think it's a one-possession game. Um, And I like the Knicks at home against the Warriors with Brunson back in the lineup to keep it close and cover the four and a half. Um, Aaron has put me on the Zags. Maybe not futures yet, (laughs) but they're at San Francisco. The the San Francisco (laughs) Dons, they beat them by five earlier this year at home, but they're only laying three and a half on the road. Give me Gonzaga. And then, yeah, a couple hockey bets. Uh, Panthers on the puck line, laying one and a half at Montreal, and then a couple of totals as well. Uh, Coyotes, Maple Leafs in Toronto, over six and a half. And Pens, Kraken in Seattle, under five and a half. Paul? Do a little uh, golf check uh, on the leader top of the leaderboard so we've got mm-hmm. chad ramey uh leading the way at seven under andrew novak ryan moore austin eckrode i've bet on him before not today though uh so that's the top of your leaderboard rory uh with some live rumors potentially swirling and him not doing a whole lot to shoot him down he's at five under so strong oh, start nice. from the heavy favorite nice. uh our guy ben on did recover uh, to finish okay. four under, if only you didn't have that mystery double bogey early on, he'd be right at the top. Shane Lowry, guy we discussed, also four under. Um, so those are some names towards the top for the Cognizant Classic. I will, uh, I'll join the the obvious bets, the show bets, the got to do it bets. I, the Heat, I love love that play. Great spot mm-hmm. on the Heat plus five. The Hornets. I guess you have to, Paul. You have to. Have to. You have to. You have to. It's a, it's a have auto. to bet. So, on that as well, and I'll be. I guess Jake. Do we have like a illegal feed? We can watch these uh, Brian Hayes at bats. Do we have Hayes Cam or something <laughs> we can do during during? Yeah, you can training? watch it tonight. Brian Cam hours after the game Come on. Uh, ends. Yeah, you could watch it on like four hour mm-hmm. delay because you know nobody wants to watch Skeens versus Burns in real time, right? Why would anyone Ooh. want that? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Manfred's the worst. All right. Can I? What do you think the number would be for Hayes to hit a home run off of Burns? <laughs> How many at bats is he getting against them? Two. Max. Two? Maybe two. Yeah. So you got to double the number. His usual is like nine to one. Do anyone on the show want to give me an eighteen to one on Brian Hayes to go deep? Not off, particularly. Uh, Corbin Burns. Okay. What do you want to bet? How much? Also, how much is Burns going to pitch? Like, yeah, that's the thing. One time through the bags? order, if that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll All give right. you 18 to 1. Cool idea. Yeah? I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> cool <Fine>. idea. <laughs> I have a question. I think I'm going to bet Marquette Final Four. I forgot to mention it. They are <laughs> the rolling clouds. right hey. now. I know. Out of I meant to mention it. But sometimes, you know, if you got a future, you got to say it on the show. So um, the thing is, they've got to play Creighton. They've got to play UConn. They've got some tough tests coming up, but they've won like 11 of 12. They're winning by margin. So I think I'll just do final four for Marquette and uh, plus 430. They're like a three right now. 
Where? Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. I think. I see some. I see twos. Uh, a lot of twos. twos out there. Yeah. Okay. You know what? They were a hot two last year, um, but they're another year smarter, stronger, wiser. Um, if they lose, yeah, I, I think that. if they win these final these two couple games coming up, that you'll probably get a better number. But if they win, if they win them, it's going to get shorter, and they'll just be crazy number that you don't want to bet but i'll just take the final four just man marquette the two in, in a region with like let's say they ended up in a region with like arizona as a one and duke is a three and san diego state is a four like i love that bet also like the region they're lenardi currently has them in purdue bama oh, texas oh, wow. tech nevada dayton baylor so i should just do <laughs> Win it all? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, you can do, do both. both. There you go. Yeah. Okay. There's no one in that region who scares me if I'm Marquette. No. Wow. Which means they're losing that... Sam Houston, probably. They've you know, covered the last three games. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. No, I was just... For a team that's projected as a two, their numbers is pretty decent value for a two at this point yeah like they're right there with bama um right behind them is duke and kentucky but yeah that makes sense this is going to be an all-time aspen mush moment when a month from now marquette loses in the first round and we can play the yeah if i'm marquette i'm not afraid of anybody in this region <laughs> it's gonna be really funny sorry hawk <laughs> anyway, oh man that's on that's um, on me <laughs> I'm I'm also going to join the uh, Hornets bet because I don't want FOMO. You know why not? Uh, I do like the Heat though so we're just too. Still... Yeah, yeah, we're a Hornets we're show now. Doesn't show. that feel great? No, yeah. no. no we're, not. Feel we're not. Awesome. We're not. No, for a day. Right, let me be very. Let day. me be very clear. I am not being peer pressured into making a Hornets bet tonight. I will stand yeah, against we'll all it. of you. Good. We got we got a couple. Of, we got one. <laughs> Did that yeah, parlay that's hit what, yesterday that's what that you jumped in on with Jake? It did. Yes, did it? Yeah, it did, actually. It did? Oh, that's yeah. sure did. Oh, so it was like minus 110, back. but hey, whatever. It's money. Listen. So now he's complaining about the win you just gave him. Yeah, right. You know, fine. Now it doesn't even make me want to give doesn't make me want to give BYU on the money line right now, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Chris Mack, cover your ears. For the people, we're going BYU money line against Gonzaga because Gonzaga's terrible, and BYU's pitcher is much, much better today. So I like the matchup for them. Too late. I also, happy anniversary to my parents. Oh, oh, nice. wait, 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 wait. Mama and Papa. February 29th? Yep. Yep. Get out wow. of town. That what seems a like a very on brand Hassan thing to do. <laughs> I should have done that. That does. <laughs> wow. Their anniversary on leap year and my mom's birthday is July 5th, so my dad's not forgetting anything. It's just locked like layups. That is layups. Genius. What do they do yearly? Anything? I don't know. How long did they date? Did they wait? Well, they're years? still married, so that works. Uh, <laughs> Before they got married. Yeah. They, they, they now you're asking day? too many questions that I don't have the answers to. Right. Well, you Hope tried. Uh, you got you got the happy anniversary in. For Brian, for Jake, for Paul, for Aaron and Joe, I'm Chris. This has been BetQL Daily. <laughs>